What is up, everybody? It's Saturday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. After one week of being together, me and Dominic realized that uh, that was never going to happen ever again because it was such a shit show. So we're back on Zoom. We're electronically more than six feet apart. My lovely esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing fine. We're apart again. I'm eating breakfast at one o'clock. So it's a great day. Love to see it. How are you? Love to see. It. I'm doing just fine. The reason we're not doing the podcast on Friday was because we went to the A's game yesterday. It was firework night. It was against the Red Sox. I'm not the biggest firework person in the world. They're cool, but it's kind of more of a headache than it's actually worth worth because normally it's a shit ton of people. A lot of them just there for the fireworks. And I'll take the blame on this one. We sat right where the entrance was because the A's let you go on the field to watch the fireworks. Did not remember this or didn't you know remember it when I was buying the tickets. There, the entrance to the field was right where we were sitting. So for like a good, what, 20, 30 minutes, there was just people all around us. And then, you know, idiots trying to cut the lines. And it was a fun time. Right, Dominic? So yeah, little kids getting separated from their parents and, you know, arguing with random people trying to get on the field. Yeah. Was, and then the studio audience almost had a panic attack because these like three fat people were being idiots and they cut across the row when there's a walkway, which was where the line was. And they're like, oh, could we just get through here? And then, of course, when they we stand up, we try to we let them through. Of course, they're not going to be able to get in the line right away. So they're just fucking standing there with their asses in our faces. So that was fun. And then we left early before the fireworks ended. And then we sat. Okay, no, we didn't leave early. It was like, hey. Let's get to the car before the finale. So then when the finale goes off and we we, we watched the finale, we just didn't want to. I know. That's what I was going to say. I was going to put okay, you I, over yeah. and say okay. that it was a brilliant plan. Like, yeah, maybe we missed like a set of fireworks. But then by the time we got to the car, we saw the grand finale. And then as soon as it was over, we just fucking skedaddled and we got home in like 20 minutes, which is very good for an A's game. And Dominic's eating, so he's not going to be talking. No, I was trying to fix my microphone because like, I kind of moved a little and it uh, moved. <laughs> it, it moved. It moved. Uh, so happy 4th of July, everybody. Hopefully everyone's safe and sound and doesn't burn and their hands off. I was going to say blow up their hands, but I guess burning well, I mean, hands you can. I mean, thing. burning your hands, you know, you can do it via grilling. You can do it via uh, fireworks. You can burn your sun, you know, not putting proper sunscreen on. You bring up grilling, you know, Brandon will be coming over, you know, not like I held a gun to his head, but coming over to experience. Some... It's not like I had anything else planned during the weekend. So, you know, Dominic was like, oh, I guess, you know, you hey, have to come over now. Seriously, 100% honest, no bullshit. Did you have plans? Of course not, Dominic. I have, I have, I have no plans, never. Anyways, sure. but Dominic is going to put his grilling, his Traeger grill to the test, making some, what kind of uh, ribs are these? Are these pork got, or beef? I got, I think it's two racks of pork that are already pre-seasoned that I got from Costco, but then I got two racks of beef ribs unseasoned that I'm going to, you know, just blow your fucking mind with, hopefully. 
So the trapdoor to curveballs and chair shots group chat might be blowing up on 4th of July with a lot of shit talking back and forth because we I was thinking that the 4th of July weekend would have been the week that everything goes down. We have, you know, we have like our own fucking Olympics where we play basketball, a boxing match between Travis and Dominic, a grilling, a grill off. And then me and Tyler put our appetizers to the test. But no, you know, that never happened. It's fine. But uh, instead, you know, I'm going to experience Dominic's grilling and I can kind of judge for myself. Well, you've had you had barbecued stuff from Travis before, right? Uh huh. So I can, you know, I'm not. It's not going to be like, oh, if your stuff is amazing or if it's trash, I'm going to declare a winner. But you know, I can I can try it and I can see exactly, you know, what what the playing field's like. Well, yeah, and then then you know, if you're like Dominic, you're dog shit, then I know I'm just gonna fucking lay back. But you know, if if you hype me up, it's 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 on. I mean, I will say since you are, you said you have the Costco seasoned ribs. I've had had those before, so I know what they taste like. So I'm probably gonna have to put more emphasis on the unseasoned ribs. That is your own concoction, obviously. And, and the reason I bring up that I got seasoned and unseasoned was because I want, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie and be like, oh, it's my seasoning. I want it to be legitimate, me. So if it's good, it's great. If it's bad, it's on me. And as I said, I've had it before, so I would have known, even if you try to bolster it up that it's your own seasoning and i like and i like those ribs so hopefully don't fuck them up dominic okay let's get the mlb preview okay let's get into the mlb preview we have a lot of news to talk about we have a lot of news of sports and things we normally don't talk about so after a short episode last week we might go a little longer this week and we got the american league east standings the boston red sox who just came off a extra inning win against the oakland athletics yesterday they have the most wins in the American League, and I think in the yes, in the entire Major League Baseball. They're 52 and 31. They hold a five and four and a half game lead over the Rays. Rays just got their fucking dicks blown out by the Blue Jays yesterday. Brett Phillips came in hilarious. Maybe not hilarious that he came in during an 11 and one blowout, but the Red Sox have won their last eight games. Rays fallen off a little bit, four and six in their last Blue Jays, seven and three, but they're still eight and a half. Yankees, nine and a half. And the Orioles, 24 and a half. But watch out for those Orioles. They have been playing really good. They took two out of three against the Astros. So thank you very much, especially because the A's could not beat the fucking Texas Rangers. So shout out to the Orioles. They helped us. You know, I'm actually quite surprised that the Orioles beat the Houston Astros. I mean, out of all the teams here, would not have thunk it. But, you know, it happened. And, you know, I know you don't want to talk about it, but Boston beating the A's is a big blow to the athletics. But it helps Boston maintain that lead over the over the Rays. I mean, yeah, the Red Sox are one of, if not the best team right now in the league. So I'm not shocked that the we'll talk about the A's when we get there. But you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not mad that the Red Sox the Red Sox beat them. I'm just more that the A's lost. I think uh, you're yeah. more upset about the Red Sox fans that just fucking you know they they were not that bad. I will be crowded the lines at the beard, bro. I know they just I and where the hell was the beer guy? Literally the beer guy, the beer, whatever you called vendor was in the next section over. I literally saw him like three, four rows behind me on the other side and he never came down our aisle. We'd saw him like with the third inning and then we never saw another one again. Not well, no, the third inning he came down. I think it was like the fourth or fifth you saw him and then he never came around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, my, you know, my, my dumbass said, oh, you know, I don't want to get one in the third inning because I was driving and I wanted to kind of, you know, hold, you know, savor it a little yeah, bit to maybe yeah. get like a fourth or fifth inning beer because we have the fireworks and it's going to take a while. Yeah. But no, you know, and I knew the lines were too long. I wasn't going to wait in the concession stands to get one. Well, no. And, did you hear the guys behind us? 
Well, I know that they were having some dif- some difficulties that apparently even the mobile order line was ridiculous. No, the mobile order line was the one that was fucking crazy long. The normal order one was like three, four people deep. That's why I said mobile order line. Yeah, so you could have got was ridiculous. Beer. You could have got a beer. Well, I well, yeah, I, I guess I could have, but you know, things things happen. But uh, the red Coliseum I mean, needs a, needs to relocate and quick. Let's just put it that way. Get their shit together and get out of that stadium. Well, the uh, Oakland City Council or Alameda County, whatever the fuck, they got the big vote coming up in July twentieth. So in two weeks. We should know the fate of the Oakland Athletics, and a uh, little scared, but they're also, going to Vegas, uh, but also a little bit excited. Then we got to the American League Central, the Chicago White Sox holding a six-game lead over the Cleveland Indians. Indians three and seven in their last, not uh, very good. Dominic Detroit Tigers, third place, baby. Thirteen and a half games back. Uh, Kansas City Royals, fifteen back, and the Twins, fi- uh, fifteen and a half games back. I mean, nothing really to talk about in this division. I mean, honestly, like for all the playoffs, I mean, all the playoff spots, it almost seems like it's almost like locked and loaded. I don't see the Indians kind of catching up to the A's or the Astros or, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe the Rays, if the Rays like really fall off, but it seems like at this moment, even though we're only halfway through the season, I think we have a pretty clear picture of what's going to happen come October in terms of who's going to be there. Dominic's eating. Oh, uh, he's uh, choking. So, damn, studio he's... audience is just killing Dominic. He Sorry. was complaining. He was complaining before the podcast that he he was having breakfast, and it may or may not have been a little too spicy for his white taste buds. So it's not exactly a surprise that Dominic may or may not be choking. But I mean, for me, when I the American League almost seems pretty set in stone. Maybe. The Indians get a, I mean, the Indians are what, 42 and 37. I don't have the wild card standing in front of me, but you know, they're like what, five, six games back of even the A's and the the Rays for that second wild card spot. I think the real test or the real thing that could switch up would be in the National League. I mean, ooh, well, I mean, we're going to get to them, but Cardinals, Jesus Christ. Uh, the National National League East is maybe something that could could flip flop, and I think the as much as I'm try, I'm kind of hate on the Giants, I think the Giants will eventually, unless they just completely fall off a cliff, which they may. I mean, they did have some some bad losses against the the uh, Diamondbacks, but uh, American League seems pretty set in stone. So, but one thing I did want to bring up in this uh, division was uh, Yerman Mercedes, the Yerminator. He has been demoted to triple a ever since uh you know talk of the town he swung on that uh whatever 3-0 pitch against la tortuga and he just fucking belted it yeah deep to oh congratulations dominic how are you are you okay i fucking this is mary i love you with all my heart i really do can't wait to get married but when you put fucking muy caliente salsa in this shit it fucking kills me god damn Well, Dominic, before you almost died, what I was trying to say is, do you think right at this moment, because especially in the American League, everyone kind of has like a really big lead. Do you think we're kind of set in stone of who's going to actually make the playoffs? Maybe seating will be different. You can never assume in this league. Okay. Because you said everybody has a big league. Six games ain't much. Two and a half games ain't much. Um. Uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, in turn, like 
maybe the A's overtake the Astros, but the Astros are going to make the playoffs. So you're saying the one twos might, but pretty much it's either the one or the two seed. What's you're saying? Yeah, pretty much everyone who has a playoff spot at this exact moment will have in the, will be yes. in the playoffs. Maybe it'll be rearranged a little bit, but for the most part, like then the yes, Indians, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 100. Then yes, like, I don't think unless the only team I could see that could maybe come out of it would would have to be the Blue Jays, but I doubt it. Uh, so then the other thing is the White Sox, Yerman Mercedes. He, you know, lit up the world with his 3-0 bomb over La Tortuga. And then after that, Tony La Russa came out, not the biggest fan of him or not the biggest fan of the move. And then he uh, just fell off a cliff. I'm not saying that's the reason why he is trash now and he got sent down to AAA. But, you know, maybe getting in his head a little bit. Baseball is a real mental game. Dominic, any is there a conspiracy theory? Is there any reasoning behind the Euromaniers just falling off a cliff and getting demoted after the 3 0 bomb. Just a plain bagel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Dominic will choke on a plain bagel. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's. I'm not going to choke on a plain bagel, but I need to, I'm sweating now, man. I'm sweating, dog. But do I think it's a conspiracy? No, I don't think it's a con- conspiracy. But I mean, I it, for me, baseball is all about, honestly, it's all about luck. You know, there is skill involved, but, you know, you can go a month with no hits. You can go a month maybe with hits. You, maybe you have gone a month without no hits, but. Motherfucker, I always get a hit if you know what I mean, dog. Well, it was either I got a hit or I got hit by the pitch, so I don't know if that counts. Oh, so you're like the Mark Hanna of CNL Produce. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. No, I'm not hitting those cheeks, girl. Well, I mean, I would, you know what I mean? Uh, sticking in the central, we got some, uh, some beef. You say sticking it in the central? <laughs> yes. You gotta, ooh. You know, if you really want to make a batter uncomfortable, Tom, you got to pound them on the inside. You got to pound their insides. You got to pound the insides. Yep. Uh, but we do got some beef in the American League Central. Uh, Josh Donaldson, very outspoken. He, When it comes to the sticky stuff, he he uh, tweeted out that he has like a whole list and like a video catalog, catalog of pitchers who are uh, abusing the sticky stuff. And then he came out during a press conference and kind of was, you know, talking shit about Lucas Giolito. And then Donaldson hits an absolute fucking tank and he just l- stares at it. And then we get some, uh, I mean, we it, the Twins last place, 15 and a half games back. They were playing the White Sox. It actually made the game interesting because Donaldson was being Donaldson and he was just talking all that shit. And that's why I love him. Well, wait, wasn't I remember watching this that that's the one where uh, we were playing the Washington, the Nationals, or was it against the White Sox? He it was against the White Sox. We're talking about Lucas Giolito and I don't think it was off of Giolito. But he hits a fucking tank off of a Chicago White Sox pitcher because this was after everything with Giolito. He just stands yeah. in the box and stares at it. Yeah, and he was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, okay, now I remember that. Okay, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think when we this whole first thing started happening, we were talking about it, about how like it do, it doesn't just benefit the pitchers; it benefits the batter because that means they have more control. You're less likely to get hit. Yeah, maybe maybe they're able to fucking you know throw it a little more accurate so they might be able to you know uh pinpoint corners and shit like that but i don't know if i'm a batter i'd rather strike out than get fucking beamed at while i'm you know batting so i don't know fuck donaldson he's a bitch whoa 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 don't fuck he is nowhere near when he as good as he has as he was when he was on the a's actually his peak was with the 
the Blue Jays when he won MVP, but you know, that's neither, neither here no. nor there. No, that was the what the year after the A's. So his peak was his last time, last tenure with the A's. Okay, Dominic. Speaking of the A's, let's move over to the American League West. The Houston Astros standing atop that division, fifty and thirty-three. They got a two and a half game lead over the Oakland Athletics. Both teams aren't playing so hot. I mean, the Astros are on an absolute fucking tear. Last week we were talking about them. Then they come out, they lose some to the uh, Orioles. They are five and five in their last. Uh, 10, but the A's not doing much better. Actually, they're four and six in their last 10, dropping two out of three against the Rangers, then losing to the Red Sox yesterday. Uh, so, th- I mean, this is what I was talking about. I wasn't mad that the A's lost to the Red Sox. I'm just mad that the A's continued. I mean, they had what four hits, two of them were home runs. The uh, this this is kind of the issue with the A's, right? Is I mean, kind of all season is that they're very dependent on the long ball. If they don't string together a bunch of like hits, then it, it ain't pretty. And that's exactly what happened against the Red Sox last uh, yesterday. And that when they play the Red Sox at Fenway, they were hitting the ball all over the place and it was fun, but that's not what happened. And it's because they're not used to 30,000 people in the stands actually. Well, okay. You know what? You know what? And I know you probably feel the same way, but when they're fucking doing the wave to me, it just, it's disrespectful to the A's. Well, that's why we don't do the wave Dominic. And then I, I, Obviously, they didn't plan it this way, but every time the wave would like come around home plate was like right when uh, when Delkin, the pitcher, was throwing the ball. I'm not saying like that fucks them up, but it might be a little distracting. Yeah, and and I, you know, I understand like when we were kids, probably didn't really understand what was going on. We thought, oh, it's just a fun thing to do, but now it's like, come on, you guys. You notice, you know, you notice we didn't do the wave. I mean, I know we're losing, but we, you know, we didn't do the wave when. It's a playoff game. Normally, it's like the fireworks shows, which, as I would say, normally the biggest baseball fans don't come out to the fireworks games. Because it's all little kids and fucking the parents are fucking losers because they don't fucking even watch baseball. But the kid likes baseball. So they're like, oh, let's take you to an age game and watch fireworks. I understand. Hey, we had a beautiful family sitting in front of us and the kid was having a good time. So, you know, the people we were sitting with, not not those parents, but everyone else. Bad parents. Yeah, the one that was fucking screaming the fucking like last three innings. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was not, it was not I was ready to fight a kid. I don't, I, I was, <sighs> let's not go down that road right now. But yes, the A's lost. They've been losing. I don't know if, uh, you know, whatever tidal wave they're riding, it's, 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 it's getting lower and lower and lower. Moving on over to the National League East, the New York Mets still leading that division two and a half games over the Washington Nationals. Uh, Atlanta Braves, three games back. They're under 500, but they're right there. Uh, Phillies, four games, and the Marlins down at the end at eight and five, or eight and a half back. Uh, the Kyle Schwarber, Washington Nationals, on an absolute tear. Well, I forget exactly what the number was, but like 15 home runs in 17 games was a stretch. I think he's had a couple more since then. I mean, shore bombs are legit going back to the Cubs days. And this, I mean, this is why you sign him. Yes, he might not be the most defensive player in the world, but when he is hot, he gets real hot. And he might be the hottest player in baseball for that certain stretch. In the last yeah, you, you can't take that away from him. And I mean, going on this division, if the Phillies are only four games back, I really think out of, I'm looking at everything else, probably besides the West in the National League, this these probably the East and the West are the only division that you're going to see, you know, fucking three turmoil. Teams. 
Yes, exactly. Because in the West, you have San Francisco, the Dodgers, and the, the Padres all within striking distance. It takes only a, a two-game loss and two game, another team wins two games and you're changing the whole fucking division up. So, um, and they're all capable of, of doing it. So this is, this, this is going to be a good, you know, stretch up until postseason. Yeah, it should be a fun stretch and it should be fun to see, you know, what happens between the division. But I think the entire division probably isn't going to do too much in the actual playoffs. I think uh, looking at the top of the central and the West, I think that's definitely where we're going to look at when it comes to the NLCS and the eventual National League champions. Then moving over to the National League Central, we got the Brew Crew. 10-game winning streak at the moment. They are they are a 50-win team as well, 50-33. and 33. And while they have been doing phenomenally, the rest of the division, most notably the Cubs, have not been doing that great. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. I mean, they threw the no-hitter last week on Thursday, and it seemed like they fell off a cliff after that. Uh, so now they are seven and a half games back. So this is the biggest lead in baseball at the moment with the Brewers, the Cubs, seven and a half. And it was only like a week ago, two weeks ago, where this was kind of a cl- very close race. I mean, the Cubs were at first going back like a month. The Cardinals were in first and we put the carpet for the horse. We did the curveballs and share shots curse. And we said, oh, you know, it's over. Cardinals crown them right now. They're nine games back and they're in fourth place because Mr. X's Reds are in third place, eight games back. And they're over 500, unlike the trash ass Cardinals. And then the trash ass Pittsburgh Pirates, twenty games back at twenty nine fifty two. Hate to see it. I mean, I I don't. It's it's kind of weird that the second place team is so far back. I mean, only other team that's like that is the AL Central, from Cleveland six back. So, I mean, I don't know if I want to say it because I don't want to curse him, but I feel like Milwaukee's going to lock it down. Well. Can't wait till we talk about the Cubs closing in and being like two and a half games back tomorrow or next week. It should be fun. Yeah. Moving on to the National League West, we got the uh, San Francisco Giants still clinging on to a half game lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, half game lead over them. Giants are six and four in their last 10. Dodgers seven and three in their last 10. Uh, Padres also seven and three in their last 10. They are three and a half games back with a 49 and 35 record. Obviously, these are the uh, top three teams in the division, probably top three teams in the uh, in the league. So Giants falling off a little tiny bit. Obviously, you know, they're still fantastic. They're going to be there for a couple months unless they just completely shit the bed. But uh, Dodgers slowly starting to creep up. I mean, Max Muncy just is a dude. And uh, the Padres, they're, they're, they're right there with them. They're right there with them. And... Uh... You know, I, I'm going to use this as a segue into the Dodgers most likely losing one of the best pitchers in the league, Joe Burrow. So, I mean, Joe Bauer, sorry. Brandon, did he do it? I mean, I don't know who Joe Bauer is. I thought we were going to talk about Trevor Bauer. Trevor, God damn it. Why, <laughs> why did I think his name was Joe? I have no idea. Because I'm fucking drunk off this chicken. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Exactly. So, Brandon, did he do it? Is he a fucking piece of shit scumbag beating chicks? Well, Dominic, wait to uh, handle that with such care and divine whatever care that only you can. But uh, yes, so, you know, as the resident Trevor Bauer, like big Stan fan, this uh, this definitely does 
suck. It's terrible. And this all kind of just came out within the last week. I mean, if you haven't read up on it, I would, you know, trigger warning. It is very graphic in detail, especially from the uh, accuser side of things on exactly what he did. But uh, I mean, it is not looking good on the Trevor Bauer side. He was supposed to pitch on Sunday. He was put on administrative leave, so he still will be paid, but he will not be with the team for the next week. Trevor Bauer, very, you know, social media savvy. He's all about connecting with the fans, has not done anything within the past week. So, uh, I mean, obviously his lawyers and everyone probably tells him not to do that. But uh, when you're quote unquote, trying to be the face of baseball and trying to be all, you know, front facing and trying to be with the fans and everything like that, when something like this comes out, it is not a good look. So, uh, so basically TLDR version without getting into too many graphic details, he has a, a female who they met up on the internet or something or another, uh, Trevor Bowers agent representatives say that the woman was very upfront and was like talking about having physical sex with them, with him. And so apparently, you know, she quote unquote wanted it is what they're saying. And Trevor obliged, but then she's saying he like choked her out and then was, you know, having sex with her while she was unconscious and was like beating the fuck out of her and like punching her and, you know, giving her concussion and shit like that. And then the creepiest thing, at least the weirdest thing, obviously like the physical stuff is terrible, but the, when the accuser like said after they were done and he like cuddles with her, he was like, you know, I would only do this if it was sex. Right. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, that was like, like, come on, bro. Like Trevor Bauer, as much as I, I like, I liked him. We'll look at the liked version that like when it comes to like, his demeanor and like his, he always kind of seemed very socially awkward and it doesn't, you know, not saying I thought he was going to be a abuser like this, but it's uh, it is shocking and it also sucks. And I'm standing with the accuser. I'm standing with the accuser or uh, yeah, the, the victim I'm standing with the victim. Even if I love Trevor Bauer and I, you know, loved his content, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, you know, she she was asking for it, even though, you know, the age, Rachel Lupa, she was with the Puig incident and the Puig thing kind of fell through and she's standing with Trevor Bauer. I'm not going to sit here and like vilify him and say he can just fuck off and, you know, burn in hell and shit like that. But I have seen some text messages allegedly that does kind of lean towards the, the woman kind of saying that she really wanted to be very physical, but I, I'm kind of, you know, going to stay away. I'm not going to take sides but I do believe what the victim is saying. So the, the thing that gets me, uh, you know, I, I, how do I, ex- how do I explain myself? I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say something wrong and it's going to come off like I'm a D bag or I'm insensitive or something like that. But, you know, I feel like it's, you know, she has all this proof you know pictures comments concerns all this other stuff but you know when when a pro athlete's gonna start writing a contract like all right you want me to do all these things to you here's a contract sign it so then you can't fucking turn around and say you raped me or you beat me and raped me or whatever because that's basically what she's saying right so when are they gonna actually you know become smart and not just be like I'm going to fuck you and do whatever you want. That's what I don't understand. Well, not to, I know you probably don't like to hear this, Dominic, but you actually sound, I believe Travis said this on the, on Trapdoor to Hell, where he said, 
you know, pro athletes have so much money. Why don't you just pay someone to to do and obviously not pay like a, a, a hooker to like just beat the fuck out of him and like abuse them. But, you know, that, that's basically what Travis was getting. Almost kind of the same thing of like, you know, these pro athletes, Deshaun Watson, like you're using regular actual working women masseuses and doing these things with them when you can just hire someone to do what you want with oh, them. But, but, but what do you mean hire? You mean hire a porn star or do you mean hire a hooker? Because the difference is hookers, it's illegal to have a hooker escort, whatever. You have to... You know, you, you, they're pro athletes. I'm like, I mean, Bill Cosby just fucking walked away scot free. I think they'd be fine. Well, I mean, but like, like you said, he was trying to be, he was trying to be the face of baseball. So how does he gets caught with a hooker or a prostitute, whatever? We don't kink be, shame on this podcast, Dominic. I'm not, how, buy I'm a not hooker, then just buy a hooker. You go to Vegas. Know. It's legal in Vegas. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we got a dog barking in the background again. Love to see it. That's my dogs because I have made, I have made Mary lock him up because the mailman was coming by and I don't want her fucking barking. But now he's barking. God damn it. Anyways, so what do you think is going to be maybe not the end result, but he's on administratively for a week. So by the time we do our next podcast next week, he'll be over. What what's going to go on with him? By next week, he's going to be fired. He's going to go play baseball in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be banished, but I, I it is. I mean, I don't know how fast everything will move because it's the court system, and it's not like unless there's a a settlement that everything will be dropped. But this will definitely be a topic for next week. Uh, that'll. Well, actually, that won't do it for baseball because we have the All Stars. We didn't. We haven't really talked about like the All Star voting or anything like that. But I will just kind of quickly go over it. Nothing really too major to talk about in terms of like snubs. I mean, obviously there's snubs and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, everyone on here uh, deserved to make it. So uh, starting with the National League, we're going to work our way around the outfield. Shout out Mr. X's Reds. He got his two all-star outfielders. We got Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos man in the corners with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. in center field. Uh, Nolan Arenado, third base. Fernando Tati, shortstop, the face of baseball. Uh, Adam Frazier from the Pittsburgh Pirates. So at least something good came out of the Pirates. Uh, he's at second base, Freddie Freeman. And old man Buster Posey, man in the squat, Dominic. For the all-star team seems like a legit lineup they actually might have a chance to win it this year hashtag analysis uh then moving on over to the american league we got uh teoscar hernandez in left field mike trout who obviously will not be playing because he got put on the 60-day dl so he will be gone for uh after the all-star break which definitely sucks then aaron judge in right field unfortunately travis caught an action to take out aaron judge out of the all-star lineup did not happen then uh Let's see. We got the Red Sox on the left side with Rafael Devers and Xander Bogart. <laughs> then we got the, the Toronto Blue Jays on the right side with Marcus Simeon. <clears throat> and uh, that ass is a straight fucking wagon in uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, then in the squat, we got uh, Salvador Perez and designated hitting Shohei Otani. First man to 30 home runs, Dominic. Thoughts uh, on this lineup? Fucking ridiculous what Shohei's fucking doing, man fucking launching nukes and fucking piss missiles and fucking just being fucking amazing is what he's doing. He had an oppo taco yesterday, something he normally Which doesn't do. I would not have thought he would have been the first of 30. 
but I think what his first year in the seat in the league, he was like injured the whole year, right? Or something like that. He has been dealing with issues. He did get roughed up against the Yankees, but if as long as he continues on this tear offensively, I mean, he's the clear cut MVP, right? He has to be. I, I hate to say it, but yeah. But then again, we're going to say that now, and then he's not going to do shit the rest of the year. Watch. I mean, he will be in the home run derby, and sometimes if you get in the derby, then that just come, kind of fucks up your swing, and you uh, just aren't the same. So uh, that is it for the uh, baseball. Let's move on over to the NBA. We have a Western Conference champion. The Phoenix Suns defeat the LA Clippers in six games. The Phoenix Suns first time in the final since was it 1993, 1994? Something like the, that. With the uh, the Charles Barkley era, uh, beating them in, uh, beating the Clips in six games. CP3 finally getting to the finals. I know as a Warriors fan, we kind of hated CP3 on the Clippers, but I think he's kind of at that point now where he, you know, he's a respectable veteran. Maybe not like him, but you got to respect him. Dominic thoughts uh, on the Suns winning. And obviously we got uh, Kawhi out. So that does kind of hamper the Clippers, but they put up a good fight and they fall short again. I mean, first off, congrats. Good job, Phoenix. You're uh, going to the finals. Good job. Um, do I hate CP3? I, I've never hated CP3. I hated the fact that he was so good when the Warriors were so bad because he just made us look like shit. Um, going off of that, I think uh, he, I think I heard or read something that like it's like the first time a team's going to a, to a finals without like marquee name, like, like three or four marquee names or something like that. I could be wrong. Like every year it was like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, or is LeBron James, Kevin Love. Like there's always like a bunch of people with the finals or something like that. But, Oh no, no, I take that back. I'm sorry. The Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Fuck the Raptors. Um, no, I, I remember what it was. It was the first time. It's the first time in a long time that there's a, a player in the finals will have no rings. So it's like, it'll, you'll literally be a first for everybody, which is pretty cool to see. Shout out to James Jones. He is the GM for the Phoenix Suns and he's making his whatever, like eighth finals appearance in 10 years. Shout out, shout out Jones, you know, Miami Heat, Cleveland Cavaliers, basically LeBron's friend. Who? But Mike Jones? Mike Jones. But uh, I mean, I, I love the, the Suns. They're kind of my, my favorite right now. You know, I love Devin Booker, but we got to step back. They make it to the finals, Dominic. And when CP3 signed with them or traded to them, whatever the fuck happened, I, I believe I know me. I know I definitely said it. I forget exactly what you said, but we were not exactly sold on CP3 going to the Suns. We got to eat a little bit of crow, right? Well, I, I think. Uh, well, yes, but I think what we were talking about was like he's not going to pair well with Devin Booker. Like, I think that was the biggest thing was like, they're both alphas. You can't try to, one can't have control of the other, but uh, we've been proven wrong all season long. They are fucking gelling like, you know, hair to gel. I don't know. Doing good. Good shit. Yeah. They will be weighed on their Eastern Conference foes. Uh, game six is today. The Milwaukee Bucks cl- could close it out tonight. They will not have Giannis. Giannis hyperextending his knee. 
no structural damage, but he's been out the last two games. Trey Young still, I have, I probably should have looked this up before I actually said this, but uh, can't exactly, uh, Trey Young is questionable for the game right now, but uh, you know, winner go home. I would assume Trey Young would try his best to play. It is in Atlanta. What are you seeing in this game, Dom? Do you think, I mean, well, I guess we can ask afterwards, but what do you see from game six? Game six, you're going to see if Trey Young plays, the Hawks are going to win and push it to game seven. If Trey Young doesn't play, you'll see the Bucks advance to the finals. Okay, just simple as that. And I, I mean, I got to agree with you. It is in Atlanta, the the, the Falcons fans, the Hawks fans are, uh, you know, they get a little crazy over there. I, I said I want the uh, Hawks to win, but I'm hoping Trey Young can play and he can uh, ball out. So by the time the final start i believe we will have our next podcast so we kind of got to do an early prediction we're not gonna you know i'm not gonna hold your feet to the fire by any means but uh, does it matter dominic are the phoenix suns the uh, the champions or is there a team on here either the hawks or the bucks that you see gives them more of a, a challenge the only thing that will happen if and if the bucks win and Giannis is playing i think the bucks will have a chance anything if if Giannis doesn't play, then basically the Suns are your finals champions. Okay. I mean, I can, I, I kind of agree with you because Giannis, I mean, Giannis is obviously one of the best players in the league, but I, I do think that the Suns are tough enough up front to handle him. Now, when it comes to the Hawks, they're the better shooting team when they get like really hot, but I, the Phoenix Suns, I think can keep up with them. So I think no matter what, team it is the the Suns have the talent and the the players to counteract whoever they are playing but fuck it i'm going with the sun sun's gonna win their first championship in the finals now uh let's move on well we talked a little bit about this last week i don't remember dominic was uh remembered it because you know he might have been a, a little tipsy but uh jason kidd he is hired to the mavericks i forget if we exactly talked i think we talked a little bit about it but if you want to talk more dominic about uh, jason kidd with the Mavs, what are you thinking? You like it? You hate it? I don't like it. I I think Jason Kidd, he's he's not a good head coach. He he wasn't good in Brooklyn. He's not going to be good here. I don't think it's worth the time and money unless he's the, strictly a bridge to find another head coach in the next year or so. But I don't see him doing anything with the Mavericks, and it's actually going to cause the Mavericks to to fall, fall down in the standings next year. Okay. Now it's all coming back to me. I think we did talk a little bit about this last uh, week. And I think you said the exact same thing uh, moving on. We actually have some NFL news to talk about. Uh, the saints did sign uh, an offensive lineman to some money, but good for them. But uh, we have the Dallas Cowboys. They have been announced for hard knocks on HBO. You know, I mean, I might fuck around and watch it. I know Dominic probably isn't going to watch it, but I was going to use this as kind of a, uh, transition into possibly talking about the Dallas Cowboys. We haven't talked too much about like season previews or anything like fuck that. Dallas fuck Dak Prescott. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck Don't hate on all. Dak. Don't hate on my boy Dak. He's coming back from a gruesome ankle injury. He's going to win comeback player of the year. He's going to ball out and the Cowboys will still be eight and eight. Well, basically the Cowboys, it's an easy ass division. So it's either going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles anyways, right? Yeah, well, you never know. Maybe the uh, the Giants get their shit together. Daniel Jones can actually do something, and Saquon Barkley is is there, and they got 
uh, what's his name from the from the Lions, Kenny Galladay. Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, so, we'll we'll do a a season preview sooner rather than later. This is July last month. The last month. Yeah. Without football. So can't wait. Love to see it. Uh, then we actually have some Olympic news. Oh. We never talk about. Actually, we we did talk about the Olympics all the way back in like 2020 when this little thing called the coronavirus was going around. We were like, huh, I wonder they're not going to shut down the Olympics for some little fucking flu. Right, Dominic? That would never happen. Nope, they did. Yeah, well, yeah, it did happen. And we have uh, Shakari Richardson. She has just taken the at least America by storm. Uh, she she qualified for the hundred meter dash last week. She just dusted everybody, pointing to the the uh, whatever you call it, the stopwatch thingy, the stop board, and you know everyone loves her. And then she gets popped for marijuana and she's suspended. She can't. She can race in the marathon and the relays, but she can't run in the hundred meter dash, which is obviously like the biggest thing for track and field in the Olympics. And apparently, her mother passed away, and she used the marijuana as the coping mechanism. You know, rules are rules. I understand that. But that doesn't mean the rules can't be fucking stupid. Why are we still doing this with weed? Legalize it, damn it. All the way around. I, from what I heard, it's because, uh, what, where's it? It's in Japan, right? Yes. Tokyo. I heard it's because Japan's super fucking strict. So, you know, you don't want to piss off the hosting country. But I understand. I agree. Rules are rules, but. It's weed. You know, if she tested for fucking meth or something, yeah, I understand. Get that shit out of here. But come on. And it's not like the weed's going to make her run a whole lot faster, right? So, come on. Speaking of weed, Josh uh, Josh Gordon, apparently he sent his letter for reinstatement to the NFL. Uh, he's had his fair share of weed things. I mean, he's almost kind of like on the very opposite end, where he almost kind of has like an addiction to weed, if you can really call it that. And uh, ho- I mean, hopefully he gets his life together. We've kind of been saying this, every, you know, every single time. And unfortunately, he always gets popped again. So, uh, you know, legalize the weed. It's not that bad. And it sucks because she was she I mean, she's a superstar already. But then this happens. And I mean, she might be even a bigger star because she got popped for the weed than winning and dusting everyone in the 100 meter dash just because everyone's kind of rallying around her. You think you think people get it behind her enough that she'll actually get to run, or do you think they're like, nope, we don't give a shit? Yeah, they're probably it's probably not going to happen because the, you know, the Olympic Committee is a bunch of assholes and they take themselves too seriously. Similar to the NCAA, which came down with a major ruling, and now players from every sport, any type of person, can make money off their name, image, and likeness. We've talked about this in the past. It's finally happening. It's 2021, and it's I don't know why it's coming together for the first time, but it finally happened. Dominic, uh, thoughts on this, you know, groundbreaking should have happened sooner, but finally ruling. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, You know, if they would have done this a few years back, I think it would have been better for some players. Menzel most likely, because I bet you he probably would have, you know, maybe wouldn't have gone down the path he went down. Maybe possibly never know. But I'm happy these college kids who, uh, you know, do that fucking ball out can get some money out of a deal. If they go to the big leagues and they don't make it, at least they can fall back onto something. Do you think with this ruling, we can see more players or more athletes kind of staying back and maybe especially make more like in college basketball 
to where maybe we can see like the college game kind of changing to where more players might stay around a little bit longer because they're making money in college instead of just chasing the dream in the NBA? I can see that happening. I can also see um, names start to actually, you know, I, granted, yes, when 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 you're when you play as well as LeBron James or Steph Curry or Kobe or MJ, whoever, you know, you're going to stand out. You're going to be a household name. You're going to get drafted. But for these smaller schools or, you know, for the players that, you know, just get overshined, overshadowed by those players, you can possibly get a deal and maybe you become a name and, you know, they can be like, you know, oh, well, they just drafted the next MJ. But this guy fucking I heard is fucking just as good. So maybe it, it can help out a lot of different people. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone's going to look at like the big Duke, you know, Florida, Miami, you know, the really big schools and the really big sports programs. But this also helps out like the women's lacrosse in a D3 college because they can they weren't doing anything and they can get something. They can get like a little promotion from their local subway shop or something like that. So it it helps everyone. Obviously, it's going to be on different levels. I don't know what this means for like the future of recruiting. There are limitations. There's rules to it. Like, I don't think they can be sponsored by like, you know, you know, whatever tobacco, alcohol and like some other things, obviously. But for the most part, it it will be interesting to see how this leads to like the change of college athletics down the road where maybe the bigger, bigger schools get more powerful because they can just throw money and they can like, you know, dangle the Nike deals in front of everyone's faces. But it's uh, nice to see. It finally happened. Now uh, give my boy Reggie Bush his Heisman Trophy back. That's all I'm asking. All right, we'll we'll start a uh, a GoFundMe page or whatever it's whatever one is to sign shit, and we'll get we'll get we'll get that trophy. Thank you, thank you. That is it for the sports. Let's move on over to the fan mail segment, otherwise known as <coughs> Mister X's questions of the week, week, week. So we called upon Mr. X. We had a little quiz for him to see if he actually is a valid listener to the podcast. And uh, I'm not, I don't exactly know what is in this email, but Dominic was very confused because Dominic may or may not have been drunk at the very end of the podcast and kind of forgot what happened. Well, let's just put it this way. I remembered and I laughed a little bit, but for, you know, typical Mr. X fashion, he's very polite. He says, hello to you. Howdy. And he said, okay, are you ready? You wanted proof that I listened to the end? You asked for it. Fuck trapdoor to hell. Fuck those bitches. Also, moo ha 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 ha. So he's. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And, you know, it, it actually surprises me now. You know, w- you know, I'm a little nervous because what if, like, I started talking shit and, like, oh, fuck the Reds, fucking, you know, since he sucks dick or something like that? Like, now I can't say anything because, you know, he's he going to get me. So I got to be careful. Watch your fucking language, Dominic. Sorry. No, I like the Reds. Don't hurt me. Anyways, he said, with that being said, I like to say that I still hate the Padres. At least the Reds were able to get one win off of them in dramatic fashion. And Tatis can suck a dick. That's right. You heard me. Brandon? It's my week with the Reds. So, you know, I have to side with Mr. X right now because we're co-parenting. So last week was... My week with the Padres being my National League team. So now this week is my week with the Reds being the National League oh, team. Okay. So, okay. So yeah. So do you do you have to can you can you say that Tatis can suck a dick? Fernando Tatis can suck a dick. Okay. Good, good, good. My dick. What? 
What? What? Yours? No, you want his. I mean, semantics. Okay. Uh, he goes on to congratulate. Oh, wait his... a minute. I forgot one thing, Dominic. We forgot to talk about MLB news. The major, major trade that happened between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Miami, don't call them Dolphins, the Marlins. Joe Panic, because we are a Joe Panic podcast on this podcast. Uh, he's moving on to Miami. Thoughts on the uh, on the move? Hope nothing but the best for Mr. Joe Panic, one of my favorite players of all time. You, uh, you're the one that has the uh, signed Joe, Joe Panic ball, correct? Yes, I do. Hmm? Prize Remember possession. I- Remember, I put like fucking all my raffle tickets into that bitch. Oh yeah, that's the one when you went to the Ports Taco thing. And then I fucking put one of the tequila thing and I won the tequila too. And back what did back. that win? Your boy won the Damian Lillard shoes that are hanging up in the rafters. Are those? Wait, I so I brought that up because you know they're sneakerheads in my class because they brought up SneakerCon. I was like, God damn it! But um, are those actual Lillard like like the Dame? What I don't know what shoes what you call his shoes, but those are his they, shoes. They're not ga- they're not worn. But, but they his are shoes. his shoes and signed by him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They said those are trash then. No, oh, I know. I, well, I mean, he, he does have like the Dame 316 shoes, which I did kind of want. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I'm not the biggest. I mean, I'm not the biggest basketball shoe guy, but yeah, I mean, at least the ones like I had, they're like all gray. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of them, but gotcha. Gotcha. Um, there are cool Damien Lillard shoes, I will say, though, but I just don't have one of them. Okay. Well, anyways, back to Mr. X. Congratulations to Castellanos and Winker being voted to their first M- MLB All-Star game and named as starters as well. Totally earned this. I 100% wholeheartedly agree. They are fucking kicking ass and taking names, right? I mean, no argument, right, Brandon? Nope, because Jesse Winker, Nicholas Castellanos, fantastic players. I love them with all my might. Best outfielders in the league. Because Tatis can two- suck oh. your dick, right? Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay, going on some basketball as we approach the NBA Finals, I have to go with the Suns no matter who they faced. You Thank go- you, me and Mr. X, same same wavelength. You got you got, are you guys the same person? I'm not. I can't touch it when it comes to graphic designing. I was gonna I'm, say, I'm I was not like, very. If, if you try to say yes, I'm just like, I right, draw me a fucking picture, and it's gonna be a stick figure, and it's gonna look fucking stupid as well. I can't Anyways, draw you a mean ass hand turkey. <laughs> Oh, God, that was funny. Uh, can't go against former Kentucky Wildcat Devin Booker. Who do you think would be better matchup for the Suns, the Bucks, or the Hawks? Um, better match? So that's a good question because if you're going just straight matchup, I think a healthy Hawks team and a healthy Suns team would be seven games, definitely. I'm going to go the – well, a better matchup in terms of, like, what's easier for the Suns or what's harder for the Suns? I'm going to go what 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 – What's going to draw money? What's going to draw views? I mean, yes, it's the finals, but if you want a great matchup, a great game, I'm thinking Hawks Suns. I'm going to go the opposite. I think the Bucks are a, a tougher matchup. But yeah, I, I know I said they can match Giannis, but yeah. if the Bucks are like clicking on all cylinders and Middleton's hitting shots and Giannis is doing his thing down low, I think they're definitely the, the tougher team. Okay. But the Hawks are kind of the hotter team. Except for Trey Young, he's ugly as fuck and stupid as fuck and a bitch. And, and he looks like a lollipop with hair stuck to it. Exactly. Anyways, going on some. Oh, a, look at this Bengals. Bengals defensive. Wow. Defensive. And Mike Daniels is a huge anime fan. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, all Bengals channel, he compared Joe Burrow to Gohan from the Cell games in Dragon Ball Z. Being a nerd, I know exactly what he's talking about. 
Not sure how to date you, how up to date you are on Dragon Ball Z knowledge. But Daniels was basically saying that Joe is tapping into some kind of inner strength and is going above and beyond during practice right now and using his knee injury as his own personal cell, like an enemy's, like an enemy he's determined on overcoming. With all this out of the way, how do you think Burrow will do this season? Okay, good. That what I was scared that was going to end in like a Dragon Ball Z question because uh, we're not the biggest anime fans. My brother, Get your brother is, in here. Get your I brother was going to say I was going to bring in Big Daddy. He can talk about. Well, he, he, I mean, he knows about Dragon Ball Z, but I don't know if he like watches all of it or knows all of it. He's dude. I know the originals. That's it. So, uh, Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon, and that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Good. You didn't say Digimon. Good. Fuck Digimon. I think I had a Digimon VHS. I think I, I think that's yeah. it. I don't think I like watched it on television, but I had the VHS. Anyways, back to the question. I think he's, you know, okay. I'm not trying to fucking hurt your feelings. I like Joe Burrow. I don't think he's going to come out swinging. Granted, it was his rookie season. He was doing good. He got hurt. I think he's going to, it's going to take him some time to get back into the swing of things. Now, granted, you are, you, you could be 100% correct that he's using, you know, his injury as his way of overcoming all the adversity, but. I don't see him. I, I think he's going to be a little nervous to really put in a real game time, all the pressure and the twists, the turns, the tackles, everything. I think he's going to be nervous. So you might see him be a little, a little below average at the beginning of the season. So it might take him some time to really acclimate back into the swing of things. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like the injuries that you can ball out in practice, especially if you're the quarterback, cause you're super protected. And then when it comes to the games, preseason i mean preseason is you know going to be really interesting to see what he can do there i mean we've seen him with carson wentz he had the mvp season in 2017 gets a knee injury and then he just it wasn't exactly the same since then he was still like a decent quarterback playing okay but then we saw last season he was terrible not saying joe burrow is going to be like that but when it comes to like injuries it's always maybe more of the mentals than the the physical i have faith in him i think and some some people are made differently you know, look at Alex Smith. He fucking on the bridge of death. He came back and balled out. So I think it just depends on depends on the person, you know. But even like Alex Smith said, like when he first came back, he was obviously he was kind of scared to see what would happen because you go through all that and you come back on the field. You you don't know what's going to happen. That that first tackle, that first, you know, chop block, first low tackle to the legs. So it's all as much as you want to play it tough and want to say you're fine and you're going to you're going to ignore it. It's always going to be there but i have more faith in joe burrow than dominic does maybe he will be a little timid in the beginning but with uh his receiver from lsu joining him i i think we'll be fine now i said dak will win the comeback player of the year i stand by that but i think joe burrow will be right there with him okay okay um i okay mr x don't judge me i don't pay attention to anything in life but so the next thing is Nikki Ash. Hmm. Not sure about that. That's a uh, Nikki cross. Ah, uh, okay. Why, why is it Nikki Ash? Cause I guess that's like a new superhero name. It's a new name. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that's, that's why he said not sure about that because he probably thinks he, he probably want to say it's fucking stupid, but he's like trying to be nice. I'm not. You know, he, he's the Nikki Cross apologist, especially yes. since last week. So, you know, he, he can't go full burying it, but, you know, he's got some questions, which I would definitely agree with. Exactly. OK, going on to the next question. Are the Young Bucks and Lemmy Omega, I mean, Kenny Omega, just professional trolls now with the hair, new look, facial hair, all the all the works or 
I mean, I, I mean that, that that's the question, but I'm putting it now. I'm gonna add a little bit of myself, or are they just writing their own stupid shit and trying to make it work? I love it. I love the young bucks coming out looking ridiculous. Kenny, he looks ridiculous as well. But I mean, well, that, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to like Kenny, he's always kind of been ridiculous, which I've had a little bit of an issue with. But at least like with the young bucks, like their promos are kind of serious and they're you know very smarmy. So, I mean, I like it. It's very old school, just dressing ridiculous fashion and looking like an idiot to get heat. And the Young Bucks, I mean, we'll talk about the match they had this week. They're, you know, they're still fantastic. Best tag team on the planet. They're, they're going to be fine. Kenny, you know, I still got my issues with them, but when push comes to shove, he'll still have a good match. I mean, he had a, a great match with Jungle Boy last week. I, I don't have an issue with it. I know some people might roll their eyes at it, but I, I enjoy it. Okay. With reports that Becky has signed a new contract, when do you think we'll see the man return? SummerSlam? Number 30 in the Rumble next year? Uh, would you bring her out number 30? Would you bring her out? Because to me, that's predictable. Would you bring her out predictable, or would you put her like six or something crazy like that? Well, I feel like they're going to want to bring her back sooner. Like I feel like maybe SummerSlam, if you're really trying to you know, push that through. And especially with what they're doing with Rhea and Charlotte to where both of them kind of seem like heels. It almost seems like they're preparing Rhea to be a heel to compete against Becky. So that's why I'm thinking if you're doing this right now, you're not going to hold that off all the way to Royal Rumble. I think you would want to maybe do that at SummerSlam. So that's where I'm kind of leaning. I think Becky will show up sooner rather than later. We've seen that she's backstage. She's trained at the PC. She seems, you know, fully recovered from the, from the childbirth and everything like that. Uh, she posted, she did like a voiceover for the Conor McGregor fight next week, posted on Kerbals and Chair Shots if you want to go check that out. Uh, but I think we'll see her definitely by the end of the year, maybe by the end of the month. Do you, do you think it's something as she'll come out SummerSlam, screw somebody over, go to the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, go to WrestleMania? Do you think that's going to be that big of a, you know, like it's going to be that quick for her. She's just going to come right back into the thick of things and be where she was. Or do you think they're going to just slowly push her along and kind of like get her feet wet, get acclimated again, you know, a couple squash matches, or do you think it's just going to be, she's jumped right in, right in the middle of it again. Well, with the state of how the women's division is, I think you almost kind of got, got to throw her in because outside of Rhea and Charlotte, I mean, you have Oscar, but we've kind of been there, done that. And then what else is there? I mean, you got Nikki Ash, I don't see that being a legitimate SummerSlam match with whoever the hell is the champion going into there. So that, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking as like, you, you almost like need Becky to be in the thick of it right now, just because, you know, into the you thick know, of it. You, you, you could have like a, you could have a vet like Mickey James or a couple, you know, well, not, you know. Another, another tag team, like Iconics or something there, but whatever, you know, no big deal. Or, you know, you can just have like a scrappy underdog, like Lana, you know, five star yeah. matches all the time. Exactly. Can go through a table like a motherfucker. Going on, penultimate question. How long will Mercedes Martinez be out of action after Zaya Lee's wheel kick dropped her this past week? I'm just saying, Alistair Black had a dope-ass black mask kick. But come on, Zaya Lee just knocked out her, knocked the knocked her the fuck out. Come on. And that is also hard because Alistair Black, he's a little taller. And with Zaya Lee being as short as she is, it's probably hard to really control that when you're trying to kick all the way up to mercedes martinez and mercedes wasn't exactly like looking at her it looked just disgusting and i almost was like wondering 
if it was even legit, I'm, because they like focused on it so much. Normally, if something happens, they're not going to do it. But it also did look just you, so you, brutal. You and saw so, Martinez get stiff when she was in the pen. You saw her stiff. She was out. Yeah, well, you know, you can, you can, you can gimmick that. You can gimmick stiffness. Uh, I don't. Not, not that good. Take a blue chew. You want to do that tomorrow? I'll go buy some. Where can you get blue chew, Dominic? Internet. Uh, overnight. We'll, we'll, we'll just go take some penis pills. Fuck, go to the gas station, take some penis pills. Let's do it. I, I, I would not like to get a heart attack on Fourth of July, Dominic. I'd like to enjoy my day off. <sighs> you suck. I know. Uh, we got one more question, right? Yes, and it's a doozy. You ready? Joe said in an interview that he will return to the ring. When he does, who will it be against? Well, they've been really pushing the Pete Dunn thing. They've had the, the kind of backstage stare downs the past couple of weeks. Obviously, they're doing something with Adam Cole. But I think Adam Cole is kind of the next level. Pete Dunn, as much as I love him, he's kind of like that lower main event level. And they can have a really fun match. So I'm going to go with Pete Dunn, whatever the first match is. Whenever, whether that be SummerSlam, which is what Dominic said, or if it's maybe Survivor Series or an in-between uh, takeover. I, I, I can or agree even with... to pop a rating on television. I can agree with it. Just because your money matches Cole and Joe. I mean, that is, that, that, that's a throwback match right there. So that's your money. You use that match later down the line. So yes, I agree. Pete Dunn next. Don't know when. Still going to be a great match, but but the wait and see. And that is it for Mr. X's questions of the week. If you want to be like Mr. X and actually, you know what? I take that back. You can never be like Mr. X because there is only one Mr. X and he is one of the biggest fans of curveballs and chair shots. But if you want to be number two in line, email us curveballncs at gmail. Haley, Haley used to be the number one fan, but then she kind of you know, fell off because she hasn't been listening because you know, we pissed her off. We pissed her off. Excuse me. Okay. I pissed her off because I didn't read her question. Yeah. Sorry. So thanks. But like I said, if you want to try to be like Mr. X, which like I said, you can't because you just can't. He's no, he's an original curveball NCS at gmail.com. You can even DM us on Twitter, curveballs and CS, Instagram, curveballs and CS, you know, whatever you want to do. You can, if you have her phone numbers, text us, call us. I don't care. Moving on to the pro wrestling topics. We got uh, some news to talk about. We got two female signings or returns, however you want to call it. We got Zelina Vega coming back on SmackDown. She's qualified, I believe, for the Money in the Bank women's Correct. Match. And then we also have Blair Davenport going to NXT UK, otherwise known as B Priestley. Sticking with Zelina Vega, love it, happy, a little pissed off that Aleister Black isn't with her, I think. I think I'm going to choke again. Well, I was hoping you were going to talk because there was a plane running by, but... No, I, I know, I was just, it was like one of those, like, you, like, you inhaled wrong or your saliva went down the wrong tube and you get a little, like, cough, cough, you know? But, um, you know, going with Zelina Vega, I, I'm happy she's back. She, well-deserving. She should have. She never should have been released in the first place because of the whole stupid fucking, uh, was it uh, Twitch or what was it third party streams or whatever the thing is, whatever Twitch and OnlyFans and shit like that. But um, clearly, 
somebody talked some sense into the big old VKM. So good, good. But I'm happy she's back. She's thrown into a struggling division. I'm fucking happy. Now, Brie Priestley going to NXT UK. I didn't know where she was going to end up. I'm kind of happy she's in UK. But she's also one of those people that, you know, I feel like she is talented. And that in this at a moment's notice, if she's like, fuck this place, I'm out. She's going to care. She doesn't give a shit. She'll leave. So I think I think she's very, what do they call it? Um, volatile. She can be hot-headed at a second, but uh, you know, I, I I got a feeling you'll see her in the main roster pretty soon. Like, I mean, not pretty soon, but you know, she'll she'll make her way to NXT and then make her way probably to the main roster eventually. And once things like travel really starts to clear up, I would not be shocked if we see Priestley over in regular NXT land, and I mean, especially if. Gonzalez continues to be the champion, you know, seeing like, you know, the two bigger women kind of go back and forth. That can be uh, something fun to see what Priestley can do or get out of Gonzalez says Lena Vega. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to see her back. I did want to see her and Andrade kind of pair up on AEW or outside of outside of WWE. Cause I'm not the biggest fan of the Vicky Guerrero stuff, but uh, it, it's, as you said, the division needs it. She's a talented wrestler, even though we haven't seen it really. So I'm excited to see what they can do uh, with her at just kind of as a solo singles wrestler. But uh, glad to see her back, and hopefully they uh, don't mess mess it up. But they probably will. I, I already talked. It's your turn to, to, to segue us. Okay, let's move on over to NXT on USA. We get Io Shirai and Zoe Stank. See, I didn't mess it up that time. Uh, taking on uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, Shotzi, and Ember. Winner becomes the number one contender to the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships next week. And Io and Zoe Stank get the dub. Of course, Dakota Kai eats the pin because Dakota Kai always eats the pin. Io beats Kai, setting up the tag title match next week. I'm kind of happy. EO, since the loss, really hasn't been... I'm not going to say she's been going down, but she's been kind of stagnant. So I'm happy that she's going back into it. And, you know, Zoe, great, good wrestler. So should be a fun match. Are you are you mad Shotzi didn't get win and get her title back? <sighs> not mad. I was disappointed. But, you know, my, my, she'll... she'll uh, She'll get there. Don't worry. She'll get there. Okay. Uh, scattered throughout the match, we've had uh, some things with Karen Cross and Johnny Gargano. So they're definitely leading towards that match. Uh, Cross always is getting the upper hand on Gargano. So Gargano definitely the, the baby face in situation playing from underneath that, what he normally does. But we almost saw a murder happen on NXT where uh, Gargano tried to attack Cross uh, in the parking lot. And then, of course, Cross gets the upper hand because he always gets the upper hand. And Gargano was left laying in the middle of the road and uh, Cross backed up, went to go run him over. But Samoa Joe literally made the save. And uh, so, yeah, is thoughts on all this and possibly Samoa Joe and Karen Cross. That's something else we might see. Or is Cross just destined for the main roster? I think Cross is just destined for the main roster. I know I know we've talked about it last week with Cross being on main event and without Scarlet and stuff like that, but he's, he's destined for main event. He's fucking top tier. He's talented. He's big. He's good. He's jacked. He's everything. So don't be surprised. He didn't answer my question about Gargano and cross. Uh, what was the question again? 
uh, you know, just your thoughts on what they were doing. Cross always getting the upper hand, and then Cross literally dude, trying to kill Gar- Cross, dude. Fucking he he's gonna kill anybody and everybody in this way. There's not much to talk about there, dude. It's fucking. That's why. That, I mean, that's why he used to be called Killer Cross. Because I was about to say his name is really Killer Cross, but you spoke over. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, we get the debut, sort of, of the Diamond Mind. We get uh, Roger Strong in a squash match, getting the tap out win. Everybody from Diamond Mind in the corner, and a straightforward win. Really, just there for the commentators to put over the group. Malcolm Bivens just says that that they're open for business. So we didn't see like a you know, stellar promo from him or really anybody. Cause we're probably not going to get a stellar promo from anybody else besides Bivens uh, thoughts on kind of day two of diamond mind. It, it's going to be one of those factions where you know, I'm not going to say we expect a lot of stuff from them, but we expect a lot of stuff and they're not going to produce it. This is one of those things where they're going to, they're going to fold quicker than, I don't know, quicker than a maid folds laundry. I don't know. It's just it's it's not gonna happen. They're they're gonna fall apart. Most likely strong will get called up and they will fall apart. Then we got Cameron Grabs defeating Sterling in a kind of competitive squash match. Uh, but Grimes gets the win, and we get LA Knight. He comes out, or well, Grimes is kind of promo when he gets cut off by LA Knight, and they go back and forth, and they have uh, they're going to have a match next week at uh, Great American Bastion of Grimes loses. He will be LA Knight's butler, but if he wins, he gets the million dollar championship. I can dig it. Cameron Grimes deserves everything. He was fucking working his ass off during that whole fucking run with the million dollar man. So definitely I, I I'm I'm rooting for Cameron. He he he's a baby face now. He I don't care what you say, he's a baby face. Well, I would say I'm I never said he wasn't a baby face. Moving on, we get uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Baby, they have a promo back and forth promoting uh, what I assume is the main event of Great American Bash next week. Uh, they go back and forth. Samoa Joe is there to kind of keep the peace. Kyle O'Reilly attacks Cole, but Joe doesn't do anything. Uh, so that, I mean, this is kind of what we're talking about, that they're really building the dynamic between Cole and uh, Joe, but. I thought it was good work from Kyle O'Reilly. It's really hard to kind of explain why he left uh, Undisputed Era and why he doesn't like them. And now he's a babyface, even though he spent however many years with Undisputed Era. But I think that this was probably one of the better Kyle O'Reilly promos because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to be a Kenny Omega and try to be funny. I think that that that's the best thing. Stop trying to be funny. Just speak from the heart, man. But uh, I don't know. Good promo. I, I, you know, you know me in NXT. It's a love-hate relationship sometimes. Uh, Zia Lee and Boa defeat Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez. Already talked about Zia Lee knocking Martinez the fuck out. Uh, but, I mean, okay match. Atlas, well, obviously they, they stopped it, so we don't know what the actual real finish was, unless this was a work, which it might have been a work, brother. But, uh, I mean, what what you'd expect? Anything coming out of you expect anything to come out of this? Like, do we see Atlas and Boa like having a singles feud or something? No, or that, I don't think so. Atlas was just the the picked person. I I don't think. Yeah, I think it was just picked person. I don't I don't think. I don't, I don't think anything's going to come out of this. So, don't 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 waste your breath. Don't hold your breath. Just move on. Uh, something we didn't talk about last week, but they've been running these vignettes of a battery charging. It's a not a very good charger because it's 
been two weeks and it's only charged 80%. So doing the math, it's been 40% every single week. So it should be charged by next week, presumably at the Great American Bash. Any thoughts, anything behind this, what you think will happen? Who hasn't been on NXT? I'm just thinking of like injured stars who are hurt that could come back. That would make sense. I'm trying to think. I can't really think of anyone. Finn Balor's the only one that's coming coming to. But mind. why would he have a charge? You know what I mean? Like, you know, that'd be kind of fucking stupid. Who uh-huh. else? What about a call? What 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 about a main roster guy coming back? Anyone ring a bell? Maybe. Well, I was hoping Kevin Owens, but then Kevin Owens was on SmackDown, so I don't think that yeah. is going to be the case. So my by that is it a new Solomon signing? Crow makes his return. You watch your fucking mouth. No. No. Okay. Batteries, 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 batteries. I don't Energizer Bunny. I bet I dude, I can totally see something stupid like that happening. Like, oh my god, the energy energizing bunny's here. He's gonna something stupid like that. I can see that happening. Um I really don't I don't have an idea. Do you do you have any like inside knowledge about it? Like anything? I do not. That's that's why Finn Balor was really the only one that came to mind. It's such a a basic premise that it's could really go anywhere. Now it's not like hyped up and it's not Frankie Monet or diamond mind. So it's not like, Oh, we're really waiting to see what happens here. So I'm not going to get too, too excited. Maybe it's like, like a PC person, but we shall see. Then in the main event of NXT, we get Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on Bronson Reed for the North American title. This was an unannounced match. This was uh, put together throughout the show. And Isaiah gets the dub. So hit row gets their first taste of gold. Reed loses a good match. Dominic, we've heard rumblings of Reed. I mean, he did the show. He did the thing on main event. Possibly that. I mean, this came out of like nowhere. Is this just like a showing that Reed is gone from NXT? He's moving up. Or is there a reason behind this? Because hit row has kind of caught fire. As much as I don't want it. Hit row kind of caught fire a little bit there. Fresh. They're different. Um, I don't think Bronson Reed deserves a main roster spot yet. He hasn't, to me, really broken out, separated himself from the pack. So I think it's just hit row being hit row. Yeah, I mean, I really I like Bronson Reed. I was kind of, you know, not not the biggest fan of him at the beginning, but I thought he kind of came together quite nicely. I really wanted to see what he can do with this title run. He did the thing with MSK and Legado del Fantasma where he was just he was almost kind of like the background player. Like the real feud was kind of like between the two groups. And then Bronson Reed just he does this random thing with Swerve and then he loses. And they had this like whole emotional thing that he win that he won his first title in WWE. And then he just really didn't do too much with it. So, I mean, it is interesting. I don't know if I'm going to put too much into it because of all the rumblings of Vince and everything with NXT and the performance center. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he doesn't move up to the main roster because I don't want him to get just he's the the new toy that Vince has fun with for like a month when he's going to lose interest with them. Yeah, and that's and honestly, that's what's going to happen. You're going to it's going to be like Braun. Oh, he's big. He's bad. You can't do anything. Oh, but here comes Roman Reigns going to run through him. OK, he's done. Goodbye. So it's not to keep him down there for a little bit. Let hone his craft and then come up. We've had two 
AEW Dynamites since our last recording, but we're not. We're going to mainly focus on uh, Wednesdays. Uh, but first, we'll talk about uh, Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega from last Saturday. Uh, Jungle Boy loses. Kenny Omega retains. Uh, clean victory. No shenanigans really to uh, speak of, but solid batch. They was like the one wing angel into the roll up. That was like only the one really good, believable near fall, but uh, really good work all the way around. Dominic thoughts on uh, on the match from last week or a couple weeks ago. I thought it was great. Jungle Boy, in all honesty, saying it with a straight face, no bullshit. Jungle Boy should be and will be a future AEW world champion. Not TNT, not a tag. He will be a future world champion. Guaranteed. He's proven time and time again he can have great matches with anybody and everybody in that roster. So it's only a matter of time until he gets his shot. There you go. Then moving on over to Wednesday's show, they kick it off with a tag team match between the uh, Eddie Kingston and Penta El Cerro Miedo and the Young Bucks, a.k.a. Joe Exotics. And Kingston and Penta get the win after a kind of a distraction finish because we just love distraction finishes on the show. But uh, they will have a match next week for the tag titles. Maybe a little rushed. I think they could have got some more out of it, especially because next week's show is a big show. I don't think you need, you know, a tag team title match on top of everything else that they're promoting. But a really good match. I mean, Kingston, obviously, he's not the best wrestler in the world, but he connects with the crowd. And Penta definitely carries it with his swag and his demeanor and his his athletic ability. So it uh, should be an even fun, even better match next week if they step their game up. But Young Bucks are winning. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that that's usually what we see here. It's 50-50. Bucks lost. Great match. Next week, you think, oh, well, if they won one match, they're going to win the next one, and it's going to be even better. Nope, Bucks are going to win because they're going to just do another distracting finish, and the Bucks are going to win. Well, alrighty then. Uh, Jungle Boy takes on Jack Evans. Jungle Boy trying to become the first person in AEW to get to 50 wins, and he does it. He beats Jack Evans pretty, you know, pretty quickly. And we get some uh, Christian and some Matt Hardy stuff. And uh, that was also kind of at the end of the Jungle Boy match last week. So, uh, I mean, th- J- Jungle gets the win. Kind of your thoughts. Well, we'll talk about it. Just thoughts on the match and then kind of some of the shenanigans with Hardy and Christian afterwards. Eh, basic. Not really Jack Evans. You know, he's a good wrestler and everything. But, you know, it, when Jungle Boy is riding a hot streak like he is, you know, he's going to win. So I wasn't surprised. Like I said, quick match. Um, the shenanigans at the end. I know some people want to see Matt and Christian. I don't want to see Matt and Christian. I They need to be putting over younger talent. They need to be there as a, as a bridge to connect these lesser known talents to bigger, to help them become bigger names. I don't want to see them wrestle. I'm over. I've seen them wrestle for years. I don't need to see it again. I, I mean, I agree. Hopefully they don't like, they're not making like too big of a deal, but the real thing is Christian and Jungle Boy. Christian kind of talked up Jungle Boy in a backstage segment on Saturday. Then we get another one here on uh, Wednesday, and we get Luchasaurus and Christian kind of talking to each other. I really, I mean, they're definitely setting, like, the groundwork for Christian to turn on Jungle Boy. But as of right now, like, Christian is kind of, you know, he's a little smart, a little smarmy. You know, you can kind of see it a little bit, but he still kind of seems authentic, and you're not going to be mad at Jungle Boy for kind of, you know, taking the advice and kind of listening to the veteran, but you kind of see where we're going. Do you think it's a Christian turn or do you think jungle boy? It's obviously, it's obviously a Christian turn. Okay. I'm just saying, you never know. Maybe jungle boy says, fuck Luchasaurus. Fuck Marco. I'm done. 
Maybe. Just saying. Your thoughts on a Christian Jungle Boy feud probably culminate it all out. Don't want it. Because Christian... Uh, well, I, I guess technically I'll be being a hypocrite if I said I want him to put over younger talent and then I don't want him to go over Jungle Boy. So I guess it's fine, but that, that's it. You culminate up to there, Jungle Boy wins, done. I don't need a fucking six-month-long program of Jungle Boy and Christian. Christian is washed up as it is. Oh, damn, damn. I mean, we all know this, uh, this is a hearty podcast. So uh, then we get Kenny Omega coming out or to do an interview with – uh, Tony Schiavone, and what normally always happens, Tony Schiavone gets told to fuck off, and Kenny just stands in the middle of the ring, cuts a promo, says he doesn't have anybody else to wrestle. He's the best, yada, yada, yada. So doing pretty much the same thing uh, Roman Reigns did last week before he got cut off and attacked by uh, Edge. But then the Dark Order come out. No Hangman Page, but they say, Hangman Page is an a contender. You haven't beaten him. And Evil Inno doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, thoughts on just this part of the hangman dark order kenny stuff i'm happy i kind of understand why hangman didn't come out with them because of the fact that he is technically not a part of dark order that's why evil uno was you know doing all the talking and whatnot so hopefully hopefully maybe we'll get a part where maybe like hangman's like i don't want it i don't want it i don't want it and then Kenny's like, yes, of course he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to, you know, like does the arrogant, smart ass champion thing. And then Hangman goes, oh, you know, fuck you. I'll fight you. And then we get a Hangman World Championship match and Hangman fucking wins. And we drink a lot of beer and go crazy. Yeah. I mean, we all know where this is ended, where this is heading, but yet we're excited to see it. Hangman's definitely over with the crowd. Maybe we had a little bit of a hiccup with him being a sad drunk because no one likes a sad drunk. But he's definitely over. The crowd was just chanting his name before even like they even insinuated that it was Hangman Page who deserves to be the champ, uh, deserves to to face Kenny. But then we move on later in the show and Dark Order is there in their little whatever bar cave area. And then Hangman goes out and he kind of berates them. He's like, what the fuck you guys doing? But then the Dark Order kind of tries to talk him up and says, you were here for us in dark times. And now we're trying to help boost you up. So, you know, good baby faces looking out for each other. And I'm hope, I mean, yeah, I didn't like sad drunk hangman, not saying they're going to go back to that, but I'm a little worried how they're going to get there. But obviously the end goal of having hangman be the one to beat Kenny is going to be phenomenal. And I'm hoping they can kind of handle this and be smart about it and like tell like a really cohesive story about a guy who is kind of doubting himself, but doesn't want to face his former friend and like all these different complexities that we don't normally get with WWE. The only thing I have to bring up, didn't he just announce that he's pregnant? So he's pregnant. Damn. Fuck you. You know what I mean? But what's going to happen if he wins and, you know, in seven months, he wants to go and leave because his baby's born. Well, I mean, with the schedule of AEW, they're only doing dynamite, the Friday show and the occasional pay-per-view. So Obviously, you know, take some time and be with your kid, but it's not like he's going to be on the road five days, six days out the week. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. True, that's true. So, get it on. Let's get paid. Let's get Hangman Page in there, baby. Hangman for AEW champion. Then the other champion, uh, Miro, he goes up against Brian Pillman Jr. He retains the TNT title. Uh, the crowd is behind Brian. 
it was a, it was a fun match, but obviously we knew where this was heading. Miro wins. I've been really enjoying the Miro character right now. He's definitely like leaning into like the, you know, I'm God's favorite wrestler type thing, but yet it's not like super religious. He's not like, you know, doing Bible verses or anything of that nature. He just kind of seems like this, you know, arrogant over the top, like monster who truly believes God is on his side and there's no stopping him. Or something we haven't really seen. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool and all. I, I I do agree he's been doing great shit. I'm happy that he's kind of being a little, I'm not going to say aggressive, but he's doing a little, you know, he's getting opportunities he didn't get in WWE, so just put it that way. So I'm happy that he finally gets to do those kinds of things. And he's just been kicking ass as well. Dominant. Yeah. Uh, we had another video or another promo with Ethan Page. And he was talking about the coffin match with Darby. He says that he wants this match because he wants to mentally mess up with Darby. Because every time he goes to a coffin drop, he's going to think about getting shut inside the coffin. Uh, Darby comes out, attacks Page, and he rakes his eyes a little bit. Darby to Page, pronouns pal. And then Page being the chicken shit heel, he is says that we're not doing the coffin match anymore. Maybe if you play your cards right and you're a good little boy, maybe we do it at Fighter Fest, which means we're going to get at Fighter Fest. Cool. I don't I don't really care for this segment. But it was nice that the crowd was actually booing Paige because I think with AEW, they get into the thing where the fans like everybody and it's kind of hard to get invested in the stories in terms of like healing faces. But it is nice to see Paige actually getting booed by the crowd, right? Yes, you're 100 percent right. Yes, I'm always right. Oh, no, I'm sometimes right. Studio audience is always right. Then we get Britt Baker and Reba take it on Nyla Rose and Vicky. Uh, unfortunately, Reba did suffer a dislocated knee in the match, so she went down and it kind of just threw everything off the rails. And then it was a match with Vicky Guerrero, so obviously the match was going to go off the rails. But Baker gets the win over Vicky, tapping her out, but then Nyla puts Baker through a table. Continuing on with the feud, hopefully Reba uh, recovers nicely, and uh, unfortunately that crutch is going to be used legitimately now. Yeah, it's going to be used legitimately, and you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll see her down the line, and Britt will just have to be fine by herself. Maybe she'll get help. You never know. Maybe then in the final match, uh, we get MJF and Sammy Guevara. Uh, MJF cut a promo earlier on in the show. I thought it was really good, similar to what he's always been doing. Uh, Jericho was on commentary through the entirety of AEW, and uh, Sammy and MJF just go balls to the wall, like damn near a thirty-minute match. Uh, Wardlow comes out. We, not exactly. Well, I guess it wasn't. It wasn't a distraction finish. It was an interference finish with the pinnacle attacking Sam Guevara. Uh, what's his fucking face? Not Ty Dillinger. Come on, I always, I always. Sean mess Spears. His, thank you, Dominic. Sean Spears. He uh, uh, hits Sam Guevara in the head. We get a, a protected chair shot to the head, and uh, boom, MJF pins Sam Guevara. Uh, MJF did a middle rope pile driver and that just completely fucked up his leg. And he was really selling the hell out of it. Couldn't stand up on it. So I thought that was like a good little story at the very end. And MJF smarmy little heel. He is gets the win and pinnacle stand tall. You know, I thought it was a great match kind of shows that Shammy, Shammy, Sammy Guevara can, can do a lot on his own and put on great matches. So I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I thought this match was really good as well. Didn't like the spot where Sammy jumped into the crowd. I mean, he was asking to get his head bumped up against a chair and just fucking bleed everywhere. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, really good match. MJF getting the win. It's probably the right decision, even though Sammy is kind of like on that cusp. I don't know if he can be like that next level. Like I think Jungle Boy can, but 
the real feud is MJF and Jericho, and they're trying to build that up. MJF uh, is going to make Jericho jump through hoops, similar to what he did with Cody back in the day. Dominic, what are you thinking uh, is going to be going on between those two? I don't know. I think Jericho needs some time to heal up and, you know, they're, they're probably letting it die off a little bit just so then when Jericho does come back, it's going to be hotter than ever. Um, what do I think is going to happen? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm just going to have to wait and see. I really don't know what to say. Then they run a video package kind of, this was the last show at Daly's place and they did kind of beginning to end of the run at Daly's place. They had the empty crowd, Cody doing the promo with the elite leading all throughout 2020 into 2021, then going to with crowds back at double or nothing. And then it, you know, fades away and it goes to this show here. I thought it was a beautiful package. Great package. Maybe not as great as Austin Aries's package, but. Or Daniel Bryan's small, small package. package. Yes. Uh, but really good package. Uh, you know, very emotional, especially when they brought up like the Brody Lee stuff. But uh, this is the end of the road. You know, pandemic isn't like over, but the run at Daly's place is they will be back on the road next week in Miami. So uh, your thoughts on just kind of the run in general and how AEW have been able to, you know, be you know, pretty successful in this COVID era. And I mean, pretty much more than half or, you know, almost the entirety of the run has been at Daly's place in front of no crowd, even though the crowd is kind of the selling point of AEW. I think they did a phenomenal job. They picked a great venue. They, you know, they had the talent. They had the, they had everything going for them. So I think they threw, through it all. They did a great job. I actually love the fact that they didn't do Thunderdome kind of style with how WWE did it. I kind of don't, I don't, I can't remember if they pumped in the crowd sounds like WWE as well, but um, all, all in all, I think they did a phenomenal job. Um, they, they always, I feel like that's the one thing that they were able to do better than WWE, which was work around the pandemic. I feel like WWE tried so hard for the longest time to be like, oh, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. And then when all these people got COVID and people were not coming to work because they didn't feel safe and stuff like, you know, okay, we got to start playing by the rules here. But um, when, when, uh, you know, AEW just was able to work around the pandemic a lot better. And that's one thing I respect and commend them for. So. I think. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like AEW was kind of always doing something before WWE. Like eventually did it. They had the the wrestlers be the crowd, and then AEW or then WWE did it, and yada yada yada. The Thunderdome has it, it's definitely a, it feels more like a regular show because of like just how big it is. But I agree. I think AEW has handled it phenomenally. I think they did a, a great job. The look of Daily's place is really cool, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it's great that. It's finally over and we can go in front of crowds and that, you know, because AEW's fan base is really what like makes a show great is because everyone's hot and passionate for the product. And I'm excited to see what they can do in Miami next week. Excited to see it should be a, a really fun show. And hopefully now that the, you know, I, I don't know how much this really affects it, but, you know, limited crowds might affect people and like not enjoying the show as much as it normally is. So hopefully with the crowds back and people watching a show with a passionate fan base, maybe that can lead to bigger audiences on television and maybe how the popularity of AEW grow. Cause that was really like the selling point at the beginning. And then it just gets cut short before they can really like get their momentum going. And they're, they're going to bounce back. I wouldn't even worry about it. So even, 
a small crowd at AEW is like nothing compared to a small crowd at WWE. So they'll be fine. All right. That'll do it for us for today. Thank y'all very much for tuning in to the podcast. Dominic, anything else on your mind you like to talk about? The only thing that's on my mind is me going to take a shit because I've been holding it in. So if you want to know about shits, email us curveballncs at gmail.com. You can DM us, Instagram, Twitter, curveballsncs. DM us. Maybe we can invite to the cookout. Maybe. Maybe I'll save a rib for you. But not like like a rib, like shitting in your bag, like an actual ribby. Yes, yes, yeah. We're not pulling ribs. We're cooking ribs. Okay. All right. Uh, if you want to follow us, Curveballs ANCS on the Instagram and the Twitter. Follow us on everywhere. We're on TikTok and uh, YouTube. Maybe one of these days we'll get back to streaming. Hopefully. I mean, I got the PS5 out. Maybe we'll play tonight, Dominic. I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to make any plays. Maybe. Or anything. Maybe. Okay. maybe. Just shut the fuck up. I got to the bathroom. Okay. Well, uh, Dominic took a shit at the beginning of the last week's podcast. So now he's going to take a shit at the end of this week's podcast. Thank you all very much for Dominic Cops and Brandon Tanguma, the studio audience and the barking dogs in the background. Uh, goodbye and good night, uh, Dominic. Go take your shit. <laughs>